1: Good afternoon. Step inside the sensual world of Sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored. No holds barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya.
2: I'm ready. Are you ready for Sex with Jaya? Sex with Jaya waits for no one. (laughs) Hey there, John. Hey there. All right. So, John, this morning I was looking on Amazon. And I found something really amazing about our book. About the book? About the book, Red Hot Touch. What? What happened? Well, we were number one Whoa. on the bestsellers list. Awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> so now we have a best-selling book too. That's perfect. On Amazon.
3: Best-selling book and best-selling DVDs.
2: I know. And speaking of which, I had some questions from last week's show about your recipes because people, you know, we were teasing them with that amazing chocolate uh, oil for massage.
3: Yeah, you know that fifteen minutes went way too
2: fast. Yeah, it goes it goes really fast. Yep. So people are going to be able to get all the recipes that we talk about on the show um, yep. from your ebook that we're working on together called "You're your Sexy When You Eat Like That." Yes. And that will be available on our website, RedHotTouch.com, so you can get all the recipes that we talk about. So what's on the menu today, Chef John?
3: Well, we have a very special recipe. And um, you know the name. Um, I don't think I should say it, though. I think coming from me it's going to be too strong and kind of shock people. So maybe if it comes from a woman... Um, people will be more intrigued, and it'll be a little bit softer, I think.
2: Well, the, the word in this name, you know, is one of the most, uh, in the English language, derogatory words that there are. I was looking up, I was doing some research on this word today, and it is very, very taboo. But it is being reclaimed by a lot of feminists, so it has 16 different meanings. I was finding out all kinds of amazing things. And um, a few of those meanings are anatomical origins. Doctors actually used to use this word to describe the vagina or the rectum or the buttocks. And that ties into our topic today, which is all about our sexy parts, finding out about sexual anatomy with our guest Ellen Heed. And I'm so, so excited because I feel like I'm going to learn so much myself.
3: So this was a term that was like a medical term.
2: It was a medical term.
3: So we have to tell them now.
2: I know. So today on our show... We are eating. D love is here in bed with me, and we're about to share these delicious little things. Wait, maybe
3: we should tell them that it's uh, the ingredients first.
2: Okay, what's in them?
3: Uh, dates, almonds, walnuts, sunflower seeds, beets, cacao powder, which is chocolate, agave, cashews, and cherries. Mmm. So it's it's all natural. Comes from all nature. Raw. Raw
2: food dish. They're warm out of the dehydrators, so they're yummy.
3: And introduce how the person that we got it from.
2: Okay, so John and I, we were at the Sexological Bodywork Training graduation party, and I walk in and I see these little things that look like cupcakes. <laughs> I'm giving away a little bit more here. Cake is part of the word, part of the name. Um <laughs> and, uh, we they, go. They look, so they look like cupcakes, and they have strawberries on top that make labia, and a goji berry, which is a piece of a looking like the clitoris. Uh-oh. And then there's a Uh-oh. banana entering them. Uh-oh. Uh, so <laughs> this is quite highly erotic food because not only is it taste yummy and erotic and has cacao, which is an aphrodisiac, but they actually look like vaginas. Like So. Like labias and things. Yeah. So um, Ian and I are going to share these. So instead of cupcakes... They are... Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> cunt cakes. Cunt I said it. Cakes? I said the word. All right, Ian and I are going to take some bites here. Okay. So you love. Here we so, go.
3: So yeah, like you were saying, we're this,
2: rubbing our cunt cakes together right now. This word has a <laughs> very
3: rich history.
2: Yes, it has. You know the the origin of the of the word. C U, The very first two. The cunt Yeah. That actually was an expression of femininity. It's the oldest word found in recorded language. That's so crazy. I found that very fascinating. That's crazy. That's I know.
3: amazing.
2: It's also associated with knowledge. So it's like sex and knowledge, you know. <laughs> and feminine, it's like the one word that equal equal in knowledge. Most people, you, uh, you just can't say this word. How is this, D-Love? Delicious. Delicious, it's he like says. a
3: brownie, like with strawberry jam.
2: A brownie with strawberry jam. Is it like
3: flavor all over the place? Can you? Is it like Lots of flavors. Lots of flavors. I only tasted it as I I made it. I
2: didn't taste the finished product yet. Mm. Um Oh, and and back to the party that we were at. I got this <laughs> this, this recipe is inspired by our friend Sherry who threw the party at the Shangri Ula La in San Francisco. So That was just, a great party. I, I devoured some cut cakes there. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So back to the word. Um it, it has queen as one of the associations to it. I mean, there's a lot of really positive things, but it's in turn negative. It, it actually wasn't considered obscene until the 17th century. It was actually like, just like saying the word vagina or like labia, it was actually used as an, to, to describe anatomy. So I found that really, really fascinating. And and then
3: now something something's happened with that word and the actual anatomy, and you're going to get into that with Ellen, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, I was reading about this, this feminist writer Lynn Holden who was talking about just vagina and some of these things and, and our taboo around it. Like, you can say cock, but it's not; it doesn't have as much charge as cunt does. You know, that that word really has a lot of charge. And so um, she was saying that the vagina is so taboo in our culture that it's virtually like invisible. And this ties into something we're going to talk about later.
3: Yes, um, uh, that's gonna. That's really, really intense, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And people are going to learn a ton of information if they stay tuned. And uh, you're probably going to want to listen to this show a few times because Jaya's got a absolute ton of information for you.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, I know a lot about sex. I feel like you could never, ever know everything about sex. But Ellen just, she just blows me away with everything that she knows about anatomy. You could probably do like a
3: 24-hour radiothon, couldn't you? Just like, like sex with Jaya around the clock. <laughs>
2: that would Can be a lot talking? of fun. I mean, would you would you be able to make, talk about keep all us uh, going with like cut cakes and all <laughs> kinds of amazing food the whole time through the whole marathon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We'd have a whole staff of raw food chefs in here.
2: Yeah, that would be fun.
3: All right, so a workshop. I
2: also about the word cunt, Back to it. Um, I looked it up in the Oxford Dictionary, and one of the original definitions was female external genital organs. So I found that interesting, again, that it ties back to anatomy. Yeah. It also means a sexually attractive woman. It also ties in it has a link to they originally called the crease in your elbow a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> it is an erogenous zone, but, You know, yeah. I've
3: looked at my elbow millions of times and I've just never said that word. Looking at my
2: elbow. Yeah. You still say that word. Can you can you not say it, John?
3: What words? That you know, there's the old George Carlin routine about that word, like the word piss and the uh-huh. word cunt, and how women in middle America would say, like, shit and fuck, but they would never say, like, P and C. She's like, I'll say shit and fuck, but P and C are out. Mm. It's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot
2: of my sex education from George Carlin. From George Carlin. The um, love is eating another cunt cake. Of course he, he is. He, he said he can't get enough. <laughs> He's downing them. Here, here, in our bed. Yeah. And so do you there's know another version of that. We're going to do an anatomy quiz. What, what's that? There, there's there's what still an, it's still an the dehydrator. The it's it's actually bigger and thicker, like a real cupcake. Clitoris. The, clitoris.
3: the goji berry. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: We've got we've got labia and clitorises, and we've got the vaginal opening. Mm-hmm. I know that that's also called the introitus.
3: Introitus.
2: Yeah, that's the you know we can get really medical here and
3: talk. about that. <laughs>
2: We, there, there is no. It's, it's all labia though, mostly on this, on this cake. And so, Ellen, um, strawberry sauce. Oh, yep, strawberry sauce it on
0: it them. Juicy. Okay, Ellen. So, so <laughs>
2: Ellen is
3: like the perfect human. She's amazing. She's, she has a. She's like a brainiac, but she's all heart, and she's just a great, great body worker. And it's just an absolute joy to have her on the show today. It's, it's, I mean, and then we're going to be
2: filming Sunday with her. and We should have uh, taken her some cunt cakes. Well, yeah. She's we here in L.A. Them. with us. We, if you could, have, doesn't you know, you them could all. have delivered them for us, for her.
3: Yeah, we'll save some.
2: Yeah, we'll have to definitely save some for her. You know, one of the one of the things, too, with Ellen is that I've been working with her. Um, she's actually a sexological body worker too. You know, since we're all, you're a sexological body worker, we're all sexological body workers. It's amazing. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> and that's going to be a, that's such a great subject because people, first of all, people don't know what that that term even means, and then and then you knowing as much as you know, when you went to have Ellen do work on you after the after the birth,
2: I, I just had a baby. For all those who don't know, you you didn't know what four was months ago yesterday. Down there, yeah. And Ellen,
3: um, I mean, she really helped you heal. It was it was amazing. Yeah, I'm still going through that process. And so, sexological body work is a healing process of tissue in the pelvic bowl, among other things. And um, it's this. I think this this stuff you've done with Ellen in the last few weeks is just kind of.
2: Yeah, it's really reinvigorated my uh, passion for the work yeah. because. You know, it, it just having my own experience, you know, just that that whole thing, like I do work all the time like this, helping other people, but I'm, you know, when I actually needed it and then I go and actually see in my body the results of having my pelvic floor worked, like how amazing that was. And then also just learning more about my body and learning, you know, we're going to talk about this later, that, that there are so many areas to the vagina, to to the female anatomy that just aren't even listed in anatomy books, and so I'm really interested in what's going on with that. Yep, Cause, uh, amazing stuff. Because we should all know about this stuff. Everybody should know about all their parts, all their sexy parts.
3: <laughs> um, so you're going to have me on every week. Mm-hmm. And You'll be on wh- every
2: week sharing a recipe, usually um, something raw and yummy.
3: And so I want to talk <clears> a little food. bit about
2: that. Okay, well, you've got, you got like one minute.
3: Okay, well, we just do after do acts because it's such an atmosphere. It's a way to bring sexuality into your everyday life um, and to and kind of enhance your everyday life with paying attention to what you eat. And when you eat really alive and delicious foods, it kind
2: of turns you on. It's, you know, it makes your mouth tingle and, you know, it's kind of sexy. And... Right, so it's like the difference between eating a cunt cake before you have sex or eating like a big garlicky oh. pizza. It weighs your stomach down. Steak or something. Yeah. So we want to eat this. And and also a lot of the food you make has aphrodisiacs in it. Yeah. So this one, the big aphrodisiac is the chocolate. Right. When you think of chocolate and strawberries together with like some creamy stuff. Yep. Perfect. Oh, D-Love is suggesting oyster on top. (laughs) I don't think that would taste very good. You're out of control. (laughs) Yeah, so um, you're going to be on next week, Yep. and you're going to be sharing another oh, yummy, delicious, yes. amazing So one more too. thing, um, tell people
3: to Twitter us
2: and let us know that they heard Oh Yeah, us. we have our Twitter contest today,
3: uh, because like we're talking about the word cunt. That gives us, like, real-time information about who's hearing the show. Even if you hear the show on, like, a rebroadcast, right? because it's archived and everything, still follow us on Twitter
2: so we know you're out there. So our Twitter contest today is your thoughts about the word cunt. So write us about what you think about this word. And D-Love is going to vote. My Twitter is Jaya, J-A-I-Y-A, capital N, capital W, capital S, capital E. N-W-S-E. Yes, Jaya, J-A-I-Y-A-N-W-S-E. And tell us your thoughts about the word cunt. And we're going to give you, the person who D-Love picks, a female genital massage video. Wow. So you can see all the anatomy. That
3: yeah. you're not allowed to look at. Yeah. Or talk about.
2: All the taboo stuff. You'll see You'll see three different cons. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in the term of, you know. Endearment. Yeah, and female external genital organs. You'll see a lot of female external genital organs. And me. I'm John. I'm, John's I'm in the video.
3: I'm naked in that one.
2: Yeah, Chef John going naked.
3: You know, I've been on Facebook connecting with all these people last couple weeks, like people I went to high school with and, with and girls I used to make out with, and, like, they're now seeing me on these videos, and they're writing back, like, oh, it's yeah. I remember. All right, <laughs> we'll be back
2: with Ellen. I'm so excited. Thank you, John. Okay. And uh, coming right back with Sex with Jaya. Yay.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Welcome to Red Hot Touch. Jaya will be your guide into erotic education like you've never seen before. From her award-winning, best-selling Erotic Touch series, you'll learn touch techniques that will have your lovers writhing in pleasure and more than willing to return the favor. Jaya reveals her secrets for creating unforgettable sensual experiences. Learn over 100 techniques with the complete course. That includes erogenous zones, erotic massage for sexual positions, and more. Visit RedHotTouch.com to order or download instantly. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain
1: inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
3: Send
1: you're tuned in to sex with jaya to ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 feeling shy send an email to jaya at missjaya.com that's j-a-i-y-a at missjaya.com now back to sex with jaya
2: Mmm, I'm finishing up my cunt cake here. <laughs> and, uh, now you just getting off on saying that. Yes. <laughs> and we've got Ellen Heed here. Her website is www.ellenheed.com. Ellen, hello.
4: Hi, Jaya. Hi. So I
2: have a question first right off. What do you think of the word cunt? I think it's a very misconstrued and misunderstood, highly
4: underutilized word in our language.
2: Mm, so, so you get juice out of saying it, too. Yeah,
4: yeah, absolutely. I find power in it. Like I think reclaiming yeah. the word is one of the more empowering actions women can take. Actually, is mm. to learn how to in- include and involve that the mm. c word in their vocabulary and learn to say it with pleasure and pride.
2: Awesome. So have one. A little bit of your background. All. I was reading that you were a dancer at one time. Yes, I was. And how did you get into teaching anatomy, like, all over the world? And you just got back from, like, Japan and all these amazing places that you're traveling. And then moving from teaching anatomy, you're still teaching anatomy, but also becoming a certified sexological body worker. So how did all that happen?
4: Well, um, I actually, I could say that I have had a fascination with the body and energetics ever since I could move independently. I started dancing a lot when I was four and went into classical training by the time I was eight and had a full-on career as a dancer until I was about 25 and then got into studying the body um, as my dance career tapered off due to various knee injuries. I became interested in yoga and yoga I found that at that time the anatomy teaching in yoga was so far removed from the experience of doing it because Mm -hmm. the people who taught us anatomy in those days weren't yogis and they couldn't make a connection between the ecstasy of doing yoga and the mechanics of what was involved in the body in a felt sense um, by just naming parts. And I thought there has to be a bridge here and then my yoga teacher, um, whose name is Anna Forrest basically tapped me to begin to teach anatomy for her teacher training. She said, you know the language of yoga in your body and you can learn the language of anatomy and make a bridge between the two to make anatomy relevant to people who are having these experiences and want to know what it looks like underneath their skin.
2: Wonderful. And then how did you move into becoming a certified sexological body worker?
4: Well, it went from underneath my skin to what's going on between my legs, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the full story. And I have been interested in sexuality and sexual empowerment ever since the 80s when I first started to see Annie Sprinkle in performance pieces and read the works of... uh Rebecca Chalker and Inga Musio and um, be familiar with the kind of new wave of sex-positive sex educators that was sort of burgeoning out of San Francisco. Hmm. I read Susie Bright. I read Annie Sprinkle. Hmm. I read these women and got so excited. I was one of the first into the feminist women's health wave. You know, got my cervical cap self-righteously doing self-exams. As early as the late 70s. I remember Yes,
2: I'm always proud to say I have my own speculum.
4: Yes. <laughs> 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 yes, so that uh, I really was always interested in particularly female sexuality because I had such a lack of education mm. growing up in that area and was so surprised and relieved to understand finally why I'd had at first terrible sexual experiences and later completely ecstatic sexual experiences. Mm. And when I actually learned how women are put together, uh, it explained it to me, why some women have such a, why there's such a huge variety of sexual experience in women. Mainly, I think, due to lack of education about, as you call them, our sexy parts.
2: Right. (laughs) So... What's your definition of a sexological body worker then? How would you define, because we all have, I think, as sexological body workers, different definitions of what we do. I call myself an acupuncturist for your sex life. I think Um, that's a really good (laughs) one.
4: Uh, My particular uh, focus with sexological body work has been on pelvic floor repair for women who've experienced um, pelvic floor injury due to childbirth or a cesarean section or episiotomy Mm -hmm. or even to molestation, rape, incest, etc., A lot of women have a lot of sexual charge or a lot of scar tissue in their pelvic floor, and the sexual charge can either help them charge up or shut them down completely, depending on the nature of their experience. Well, and my a lot. aim with sex and body work <laughs> is to bring what's unconscious into consciousness and make a decision about whether you want to keep the bad stuff or let it go and enjoy what we're given as a nervous system to carry us into the realms of ecstasy and education is part of that. I see psychological body work as an educational opportunity but using hands and using fingers and using conversation as a way to get
2: comfortable with ourselves. So that brings me to a question, since you talked about rebuilding from trauma, about um, somebody on Twitter, actually, this morning sent me this. Uh, Is it easier to recover from an episiotomy or a natural tear from childbirth?
4: It depends, is the answer. It depends on how you're made. Um, Mm. For some people, it will be easier to recuperate from a repair, uh, from a tear, Uh, natural tear in childbirth. It depends on the density of one's connective tissue. Everybody genetically has a different density of connective tissue, the more dense your connective tissue is. The harder it is to repair from an episiotomy because the scar tissue tends to concentrate in the area of the incision and can create a certain hardness or almost like a keloid which makes repair tricky unless you have some help. And we'll talk about what we can do to repair our own scar tissue, hopefully as part of the conversation today. So for some women, episiotomies are very difficult to recover from without, um, without help.
2: Right. and and where do we go for help you know we've never well, I'm I'm, I'm working with you on this so <laughs> um, you know where do we go we don't there know so i'm hoping that op- this the show there. gets that information out there you know that that there is help for people who have um who are recovering from episiotomy and these tears
4: yeah now there is help now there is um an understanding that we can use natural products like castor oil and pressure applied in the right places to actually break down and reorganize scar tissue to recover the natural resiliency of the tissues of the pelvic floor.
2: And when we talk about tissues of the pelvic floor, what do you mean? What is is pelvic floor?
4: Pelvic floor is layers of skin and connective tissue and muscle and tendon and ligament and bone. We have loads and loads of layers that all interconnect. When you have an episiotomy, when you have a tear in the pelvic floor due to childbirth, for instance, those layers all get glued together through what's called adhesions. Those adhesions in the pelvic floor eventually can affect the function of everything from sexual response to bladder control and um, even the ability to bear children into the future. Mm -hmm. And if the adhesions can be reorganized and um, resiliency can be improved, then you can avoid problems with incontinence, problems with low sexual, um, low sexual pleasure, low sexual drive, and get back to a healthy state in the pelvic floor.
2: And what about prevention of, of injury to the pelvic floor? Does massage and yes, some of that work help with yes, prevention? Massage
4: will, uh, makes a huge difference hmm. in the outcome of a natural childbirth scenario Massage of the perineum, massage of intervaginal massage, even massaging the perineum between the anus and the vagina, one finger in each orifice, right. could be quite graphic, will actually soften the tissue and prevent tears, which is, that's the most common place for women to tear.
2: Yeah, I was pretty appalled when I looked up, you know, I just had a baby, so I was looking up for my birth um, how to do the perineal massage. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get this really, you know, being a sexological body worker, of course, n- knew a bunch, but... Thought, well, what is it exactly? And the way they described it was like, put some lube on your thumb, put your thumb in the vagina, pull down until it hurts, wait until it gets numb. Oh, dear. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, dear. I couldn't believe that that was what there's a better that way to go your about body it than for that. pain.
4: That's what sexological body work. And we have some work to do in terms of re
2: education. Yeah. So I made a video on um, the perineal massage for pregnant women, which I've been looking at all afternoon to, to edit. I'm uh, in editing right now. Fantastic. And uh, Ellen and I will actually be filming a piece for that series this weekend, which I'm so excited about, on the postpartum healing portion. So you'll be able to get that video sometime soon uh, since we're just shooting. But
3: You'll be able to get all those videos at redhottouch.com.
2: Thank you, D-Love. He's always <laughs> plugging things. <laughs> Uh, so we're talking with Ellen Heed today, ellenheed.com, and that's H-E-E-D.com. We're also having a Twitter contest today. We've been talking about the word cunt, and we'd love to hear what you think, uh, what your thoughts are about this word. D-Love going to vote, um, and we're going to give away one of our female genital massage DVDs so that you can see uh, exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about cunt, the external anatomy of the female. <laughs> which I love that that was actually a medical term. Um and we're going to come back with Ellen and we're going to talk a little bit about some juicy stuff around anatomy, uh talking about our sexy parts today. And we're going to touch on the G spot and um some of the important landmarks around pleasing a woman and a man. So, we'll be right back with Ellen. Thanks so much.
1: Jaya will be your guide into erotic education like you've never seen before. From her award-winning, best-selling Erotic Touch series, you'll learn touch techniques that will have your lovers writhing in pleasure and more than willing to return the favor. Jaya reveals her secrets for creating unforgettable sensual experiences. Learn over 100 techniques with the complete course. That includes erogenous zones, erotic massage for sexual positions and more visit redhottouch.com to order or download instantly
0: Hot show are you ready for some football well here it comes Owen
1: Hodge show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge and the knowledgeable defensive back Odie.
0: This show will focus on the NFL but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective that will give you insight, make you
1: think and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge show at noon pacific 3 p.m eastern on the voice america sports network
0: the
2: www.ellenheed.com. And, you know, Ellen, I get this question all the time. I've been on lots of radio shows, and I get it emailed to me all the time. And all my students, they want to know where the G-spot is. I have people who have been married 40 years, and they're still looking for the the illustrious, you know, where's that G-spot? (laughs)
4: Well, they
2: <laughs> what do they feel for? You know, that's one of the right. questions. Um, you so know, what's, what is the G-spot? What, what's the anatomy of it? Can you talk on that a little bit?
4: I can. The G-spot is a collection of ducts that surrounds the urethra, and the concentration of most of those ducts is in different places on different women, which is why the G-spot isn't always in the same place on in everybody, hmm. but a good place to start the search is at the ceiling of the vagina. You go in maybe to the first knuckle or a little bit past the first
2: knuckle. So if somebody's laying on their back?
4: If someone's laying on their back and you're inserting your hand palm up, you'll go in maybe just past the end of the first knuckle of the finger and start to stroke the ceiling of the vagina. And if engorgement occurs, let's just say that the ducts that surround the urethra are places that... uh, absorb and fill with fluid, and that fluid is the same as prostatic fluid in men. It's got measurable prostate-specific antigen, or PSA, and a very similar chemistry to what comes out in male ejaculate, of course, minus the sperm. As you stroke, the um, roof of the vagina or the ceiling of the vagina, what you get sometimes is engorgement. If a woman is not numb, and if, she's, if it's feeling good to her, she can sometimes there's a feeling of needing to pee, and if you stroke past that needing to pee feeling, arousal can follow. With arousal comes engorgement or a filling of those periurethral ducts, and you can feel the ceiling of the vagina start to become firmer and become ridged. And what you're feeling for are little ridges, similar to the ridges if you touch your tongue, to the roof of your mouth behind your, your, top, your front teeth. Hmm. You'll feel a little series of ridges there. And I'm then, doing that right
2: now. Everybody, put your tongue. <laughs>
4: yes, put your tongue behind your teeth and those rub ridges. it back and forth. <laughs> You'll
2: feel a series
4: of ridges. And as a woman engorges with prostatic fluid due to an arousal pattern, those ridges will become more apparent.
2: So is and it safe to easy. say that men have a G-spot and women have a prostate? Like, I we all have prostate? That's
4: correct. Men have a G-spot. Their G-spot is called the male prostate. And you can certainly engorge and express prostatic fluid from a male prostate with pressure, if you know where to press and how. And you can do the same with a female prostate. And what's true for each of them, both male and female, is that it's a series of ductal tissue that surrounds the urethra. In men, it surrounds the internal urethra inside his body. And in women, it's also internal, but you can get access to it via the roof or the ceiling of the vagina.
2: And so someone I had another question from someone on Twitter. Um, they wanted to know the anatomy and physiology involved in female ejaculation. And since we're touching on the G-spot right now, so to um, speak, to tie-in. Yes, <laughs> speaking of touching the G-spot, <laughs>
4: what happens with female ejaculation is the G-spot engorges with prostate fluid, and if a woman can relax during an orgasmic experience, that prostatic fluid can express through two tiny holes on either side of the urethra. They're so close to the urethra, it's difficult to distinguish between the feeling of urination and ejaculation. It feels like I have to pee, I have to pee, I have to pee. Ooh, there's something liquid coming out. That must be pee. No, no. Half the time, it's not pee. What it really is, is if you're in a uh, considerable state of arousal, it's actually prostatic fluid.
3: Is there a health benefit to female ejaculation?
4: Oh, I could go on and on about the health benefits and the complications that arise when ejaculation doesn't happen. Hmm. There's a condition called interstitial cystitis, which is associated with frequency and urgency in terms of needing to urinate for women, and it's my observation that when women need to ejaculate and can't because they don't know that, that it's possible or they're inhibited from doing so because they're afraid that they're peeing, that interstitial cystitis becomes aggravated. I found that to be true in my own body if I'm in a state of unrelieved sexual arousal and I don't allow myself to ejaculate I have frequency, I have urgency,
2: and I have discomfort around... Okay, so I'm having a urination. total aha, Ellen, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. because I I dealt with interstitial cystitis a number of years ago, Yes, and, you know, I kept having these frequent urinary tract, like, type infection symptoms, yes. but they were like, you don't have a urinary tract infection, yes. and I was like, oh my God, this is driving me nuts, so then they, they say, were saying, oh, it's an interstitial cystitis, and... Then I started learning to female ejaculate uh, a couple of years ago, and now I, I don't really have that as much.
4: Isn't that interesting? I found in my I am able to relieve
2: myself through an ejaculation. The frequency and the urgency just evaporates. Wow. And Gosh.
4: I found this to be true with a number of women that I've worked with.
2: If I can so we're going to talk, be talking about female ejaculation. We're going to have a whole show on it next week, so ah, I'm really excited that you're talking about this because I'm going to ask the guests next week about that as well because mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a link to this.
4: I'm certain that there is I'm certain that there is. Wow. I I just don't see how it could I mean it's sort of appalling that it could be missed for so long but female ejaculation is such is cloaked in so much mystique and taboo that doctors are even, you know, uh unwilling to admit that it exists. Right. So if it doesn't exist, how can it become a factor in interstitial society? Right, right. <laughs>
2: So what would you say are some of the uh, really important anatomical le- uh, landmarks in the body of the female genitals mm. and male genitals in regards to pleasure? Like what are some of those key places that people should look for, feel for, or know about? All right. In
4: male body, it's um, easier to, well, very easy to find the head of the penis and the underside of the head of the penis tends to be a hot spot in terms of sensitivity for many men. The area at the base of the penis, between the penis and the scrotum, and even underneath and between the testicles at the base of the penis can be a real pleasure spot for men, as can the male prostate. And the male prostate is accessed typically interanally. He would be on his back. And again, you would go in with your finger pointing straight up, feeling... For a walnut-sized orb, uh, about, it depends, you, feel, you feel, can feel two anal sphincters in anyone's rectal opening. When you go in past the first anal, anal sphincter, you'll feel one little donut ring of muscle. You go in past the second little donut ring of muscle and maybe a half a finger's length beyond that, you'll feel a walnut-shaped uh, concentration of tissue. And if you touch it, you'll feel a distinctive pulsation of blood vessels on the outside of the prostate. That can be a huge pleasure spot. It's known as a male G-spot or um, uh, an area of great potential pleasure for men who are comfortable with that kind of contact. On women's bodies, important sexual landmarks are definitely the glands of the clitoris would be the little part that is apparent once you pull back the hood. A lot of women's clitorises have a hood that completely um, hides the glands of the clitoris, and the glands is where the great concentration of nerve endings are. So you basically have to look under the hood to (laughs) or pull the hood back to actually expose the very, very richly innervated surface of the glands of the clitoris. So that's one super hot spot. Another hot spot, as we've just discussed, is the G-spot, just inside the vaginal opening at the ceiling of the vagina. Uh, other hot spots in women are internal. In other words, we have as much or nearly as much erectile tissue in our pelvic floor as men have externally in their penis. That's fascinating. Is that amazing? And yeah. when those places get engorged, that means filled with blood. just want to draw a distinction here. The G-spot gets engorged with prostatic fluid. The other erectile tissue patches inside of a woman's pelvic floor get engorged with blood. When they're engorged with blood, they're actually, they get puffy and they get tight. They make the vaginal opening tight and more elastic at the same time. So women who complain about pain during intercourse or tightness during intercourse, it's my... Uh, suspicion that they're actually not in a full state of arousal or engorgement. It's also true that when a woman's in a full state of pelvic floor engorgement and all her erectile tissue is fully filled with blood, that her vagina opens more fully and with less chance of tearing during Mm -hmm. childbirth. So it's a huge um, support for this concept of orgasmic birth. Mm. And using sexual stimulation during labor as a way to avoid problems with the pelvic flora, e.g. tearing or the need for an episiotomy. The more fully engorged we are, the more flexible we are, which seems counterintuitive,
2: but it actually works that way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So we are talking with Ellen Heade, just totally enlightening conversation here, and there's so much I want to ask you, and I feel like, oh, my gosh, I want to get all these questions in. So <laughs> but we're going to come back um, in just a few minutes with Ellen and, and try to finish up some of these questions I have. All right.
1: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's
0: it. That's it.
1: VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Red Hot Touch. Jaya will be your guide into erotic education like you've never seen before. From her award-winning, best-selling Erotic Touch series, you'll learn touch techniques that will have your lovers writhing in pleasure and more than willing to return the favor. Jaya reveals her secrets for creating unforgettable sensual experiences. Learn over 100 techniques with the complete course. That includes erogenous zones, erotic massage for sexual positions, and more. Visit RedHotTouch.com to order or download instantly.
0: Wake up with a unique daily show. Listen for Mitchell John in the morning. Mitchell will bring you news, sports, and stock news from yesterday. You'll hear interviews from high-profile figures from the world of sports, entertainment, politics, and authors. Mitchell will talk to people throughout America. This is a show that throws right down the center. It's fun, information, and yes, even a little bit of music. Catch Mitchell John in the morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Voice America, and Thursdays on the Voice America Business Network.
1: Now back to Sex with Jaya.
2: We're talking with Ellen Heed about all our sexy parts. So, Ellen, I would love to hear about workshops that you have coming up because I know I really want to be there, (laughs) whatever you're teaching, (laughs) because this has been so enlightening and so amazing working with you and and also on the show today. So tell us a little bit about what you have coming up.
4: Well, I have a, a women's sacred anatomy workshop where we look at a lot of pictures and go into great anatomical detail with a lot of juicy, fun uh, perspective. And I'm teaching workshops on the East Coast in the middle of August. I have a workshop in New Haven, Connecticut, at a yoga studio called Fresh Yoga, August 14th and 15th. And then I'll be teaching in a private home in Watertown, Massachusetts, on August sixteenth. You can find out information or even register for these events at Women's Sacred Anatomy. That's uh, Women's Sacred Anatomy with just one S, Women's Sacred Anatomy. Dot or you can go to FreshYoga.com. FreshYoga.com. Great.
3: Can to, they go through uh, your website as well?
4: My my website will not lead you to registration, but I can email people uh, information that will take them to registration uh, registration sites.
3: And are the workshops women only, or uh,
4: the yes the workshops are women only, and I'll also be doing something in the beginning of October in San Francisco at a yoga studio called Yoga Tree. I'll be doing women's sacred anatomy uh, on that weekend as well. So it's a great way to come in. We'll be doing some yoga. We'll be doing some cranial sacral pelvic contact work. Clothes on, no nudity. Just touching the bones and getting familiar with the shape and the layout and the movement of the bony pelvis. And then lots of slides and extremely well illustrated uh, information and lecture about how we're actually put together and what arousal really means for women. It's that it goes really, really important. To think.
2: You know, I think the work that you're doing is just so incredibly important. As I was saying earlier, the the quote that the, the vagina is virtually in, invisible because it's so taboo. And when you and I were working together, you were working on part of my pelvic floor where you were like, there's not even a name for this in the anatomy book. And I was like, what? Like, why don't our anatomy books have names for these for our parts? Right. What's going on there?
4: Well, it seems that there's been a systematic um I won't quite call it a conspiracy theory, theory, but I would say a a systematic omission of information regarding the specifics and the details of how women are different than men, and there are not names for the erectile tissue conglomerates in women's pelvic floor, which there certainly should be. I mean, they're kind of called the perineal sponge or the periurethral sponge, but in terms of, you know, anatomists love to give their names to parts as they're discovered. So we have this guy named Fallopius back in the 16th century who gave his name to fallopian tubes, which are really the tubes the eggs float down from the ovaries to the uterus. We should be having names for these parts of us in the pelvic floor that are so important in the stages and phasals of complete sexual arousal that because the parts tissues. aren't named... We don't even know that complete sexual arousal. We don't even know what it is
2: because we don't know that our parts exist. Right. What you call them, D-Love? The heed tissues. The <laughs> heed tissues. <laughs> which, which brings me to a question, an email, um, really quick, that, that someone wrote to me. Is it possible that my wife's vagina has gotten smaller? She constantly complains that I'm too big in length and girth. Um, she's limited some of my favorite positions. I work on making sure she's excited, so it sounds like he's really working on getting her aroused and ready before sexual intercourse. Sometimes to the point that she asks me to slow down or relax, or worse yet, she's come already, and now she's overstimulated. 50% of the time, I cannot assess which method will work on getting her excited enough to last as long as I do. Most of the time, I feel as though I'm going too long for her. She comes a few times, and she's done. So what does this guy do? Oh boy. (laughs) This
4: is a long question. What I hear in this question is that what isn't happening is full arousal for her. Mm. Maybe she's having clitoral arousal and maybe she's possibly having some G-spot arousal, but what it seems is not happening is full arousal in terms of complete engorgement of the engorgeable parts of her pelvic floor because when those parts are, in fact, fully engorged, what happens is the vaginal opening can accommodate um, any size of penis
2: mm. pleasurably. So what are the engorgable parts, then? You talk about those. What are they? Well, we have engorgement
4: uh, reservoirs of tissue that go back in straight behind the inner lips. Our vaginas the parts that you can see, or they're actually maybe more recently called parts of the clitoris. The clitoris is not just the glands of the clitoris or even the glands in the hood. There are things called legs, which go internal inside the pelvic floor and surrounding and behind the legs of the clitoris are reservoirs of erectile tissue. We also have a reservoir of erectile tissue at the floor of the vagina. So along the sidewalls of the vagina and along the floor of the vagina are reservoirs of erectile tissue. And then we have the paraurethral ducts along the uh, the ceiling uh, above the vagina. So we actually have erectile tissue surrounding the vagina in 360 degrees around the opening. Wow. And until all of those parts are fully engorged, we're not capable of accepting and feeling pleasure with whatever size of penis happens or fingers or whatever pleasure object we're happening to use is coming inside of us. Right.
0: Clearly, if something
4: as large as a baby can come out, something as you know, smaller in size, clearly, than a baby as a penis can go in. And it, the potential for pleasure is there in all of it, whether it's during childbirth or intercourse. And it has to do with what, this is the whole point I'm trying to make, is that arousal is not understood as a process, and it takes time, at least 45 minutes. In my experience, for all of those engorgeable parts,
2: become fully engorged. Mm. It makes makes a lot of sense on why you know, our first episode was about why women can't have orgasms, mm. difficulty having orgasms and mm. a lot of it was about slowing down, taking time and then, you know, last week we were talking about using our hands and how uh, he gave us Joe Kramer gave us a statistic about most people are actually better sexually satisfied with the use of hands than they are through sexual intercourse. Yes. And I find that really interesting. And I'm learning again. Like you know, we have I have this technique that I teach where you put two fingers inside and you feel um, where the legs of the clitoris by sort of doing a come hither motion with a V shape with your fingers. Yes. yes. And I always love how that feels, and now it makes sense that I love how it feels because there's that tissue at those legs. You're
4: actually stimulating the engorgable tissue.
2: So we're stimulating that engorgable tissue. Wow. Yes. So that brings me back to our Twitter contest because we're giving away the female genital DVD, which has that technique on it. So you don't mm-hmm. want to miss that technique. <laughs> and we want to know your thoughts about the word cunt. d Loves is going to vote. And we've been talking with Ellen Heed. And Ellen, this has just been really, really enlightening. Um, you're teaching some workshops, which is Women's Sacred Anatomy. What were those sites, again, so people can register for the workshop?
4: You can go to freshyoga.com for the New Haven workshop. You can go to womensacredanatomy.eventbrite.com for the Boston area workshop. You can go to yogatree.com for the San Francisco workshop. If you need to be guided, you can go to my website and I'll point you in the right direction. That would be ellenheed.com.
2: And your last name is spelled H-E-E-D, correct? That's correct. And then right. heed the call. <laughs> heed the call. Or maybe it's the the heed part of the body. What, what were you calling them, D love?
3: Heed tissues.
2: You can be heed, firm associated with pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so thank you so much, Ellen, for being on the show and for answering all these questions. We had so many people writing in questions that we couldn't get to them all today. So if you want to ask Ellen more questions, you can email her. You can reach her through her website, ellenheed.com, um, to also get information about any of her upcoming workshops and all the wonderful things that she has coming on, up. And uh we're also filming this weekend. Are you so excited, Ellen? I can't wait, yeah, I'm really, really excited. I've been working with Ellen going through um my own healing of my pelvic floor. I had a, an ecstatic birth was going through the orgasmic birth process. We had a lot of um engorgement of my tissues during it and I had my pelvic floor intact until so I suddenly had to push because the baby's cord was wrapped around the neck and um, yeah, so I've been working with, with Ellen to help heal my pelvic floor and it's just been really, really incredible and so we're filming it and I'm really going to put it out there because I feel like the work that you're, you are doing, Ellen, is just so important.
4: Mm, well, so. thank you, Jaya. It's been wonderful to be on your show.
2: Mm, thank you. And uh so we're going to be back next week with Tallulah Solis, who is the creator of the film Divine Nectar, and we'll be talking about something we hit on today a little bit, which is female ejaculation. And um, I, you know, I learned how to female ejaculate, so that is, not, it's not something that's out of your realm, and uh, if. If you're wanting to experience that in your body, and that connection today, Ellen, that we had with interstitial cystitis was just a huge aha for me. And I, Mm. I really wonder how many people experience things like that, like frequent bladder infections and all kinds of things, because they we've closed down that mechanism in our bodies.
4: Right, right.
2: I'm really excited to find out more um, from Tallulah what she thinks about this uh, next week. So, I've enjoyed sex with Jaya.
3: I've enjoyed Sex with Jaya, too. Have you?
2: (laughs) See you next week.